When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Of radio. You know Jay's low when he reaches out and starts going back into the dating apps. It's kind of like Jay's rock bottom. And I don't mean rock bottom in a bad way. It's almost like it's almost like a home base for you, where it's almost like a reset, a restart for you. Yeah. Of sorts. Yeah. But even though a reboot. Y- even though, you know Much like the Suicide Squad, which we'll be reviewing this week. Right. It's your reboot. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when when you've exhausted all the other options and everything else has dried up, all your walls have dried up, and you're you've been through the desert on a horse with no name. Welcome to Super Movie <laughs> Brothers. Let's start the show. Oh my God, we've got a freaking kaiju up in this shit. You know the deal. <laughs> successfully complete the mission you get 10 years off your sentence you fail to follow my orders in any way and i detonate the explosive device in the base of your skull so this is the famous suicide squad Any questions? We're all gonna die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's sake. Here's the deal. We fail the mission, you die. If we find out any information you give us is false, you die. If we find out you have personalized license plates, you die. What? No. If you cough without covering your mouth... Harley, although that isn't an open invitation for you to cough without covering your mouth. What's the plan? How the hell am I supposed to know? You're the leader. You're supposed to be decisive. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. If this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do? This is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. That's right. It's time for the Suicide Squad. <laughs> and now this movie's out. I can stop making that joke. I know. I remember like months ago. No, I was like, that'll always happen. The Suicide Squad. Like the same way all the NFL players said, like the Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now we've finally gotten James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. And for a long time, we we wondered what this movie was going to be. What was it? Is it a sequel? Is it not? You know, they, I think DC for once got out there and and did some some great marketing for this first off and did a great job with interviews and allowing certain information to be to to come out to explain to everybody exactly what the Suicide Squad was. It is not a sequel to the original one. However, it's not ignoring the original one. This is a replacement. <laughs> this is a complete overhaul redo. And part of me, you know, wonders like that. You know, did, did DC truly know what they had on their hands 
when this movie you know is is released did they know what they had before its release did they know what did they know that it was going to be this much of a cultural or pop cultural um you know fest like people are people are loving this movie like they are gargling the balls of this movie and well, the ones that see it <laughs> well the ones that see it and that's the problem man i think like i think in 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 a, in a more healthier environment this movie would come out and this would probably beat out deadpool and deadpool 2 it would beat out probably several several of the mcu movies in uh in box office it wouldn't reach you know true heights of of you know that billion dollars because of of the rated r but it would certainly be a movie that yeah, more it'd be, people it'd be su- about. It'd be, it'd be successful i mean look the first one was successful it still made money you know? if, if it was a healthier environment, if it was a healthier, you know, theater-going environment, mm-hmm. um, it, it would be talked about so much that my mom would probably ask me whether she should go see it or not. That's that, that's how it is, and that's uh, that's always my barometer. You're, you're not would, wrong. And guess would what? Would my mom watch this? And and, and you know, I, I feel even even more worse for these guys in a lot of ways is that Free Guy comes out next weekend, and yeah, which is also getting great pre buzz, just like getting this did. the exact same buzz. It's like back-to-back, fantastic, surprising, great comedies that are, you know, kind of catering towards a similar demographic. Yep. But and both um, with Taika Waititi in in minor supporting roles. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he knows how to he knows how to scout the good material. No, I don't think I I, I think he's made friends. Um, well, that's he's, fa- he's that's found that's a lot of like minded people since, uh, no pun intended, since he's come out of the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Correct, but as I was getting to the fact that like if 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 Free Guy, which I think will more so flop, if that also does, you know, disappointing box office numbers off the heels of Suicide Squad, you're going to see a lot more pushbacks for big blockbusters over the remaining of the year. I think absolutely. Absolutely, I think I, I I think you're right. I think like if these two movies that are getting because if these guys positive do critical well, response yeah, a, a, out the yeah. gate uh, and still aren't, I mean, don't get me wrong. The Suicide Squad That's, is is number one. Yeah. Uh, it, it beat out Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise is behind it. I, I believe it is like. I, but even I Jungle th- Cruise didn't do well. So that's the thing. Like every no, all, no it didn't. Not no. really. No, Not no, really. no, no, no. What I'm saying is, well, doesn't really matter whether Jungle Cruise did but, well or but not. The, 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 a lot of people point. really like that movie. I, I, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, as far as who is going out to the theaters. But yeah, I mean, it's on an opening weekend for, for, for a comic book film, uh, it, it did $26.5 million, the Suicide Squad, um, where Jungle Cruise brought in $15.7 million on its second weekend. Old is still out there with $4.1 million. Uh, Black Widow is still out there, made $4 million this weekend. And then rounding out the top five was Stillwater uh, with with $2.9 million. Stillwater could have came out earlier this year, later this year. I think I think that still would have done, you know, only mildly better because that's one of those award seekers and stuff kind like of. that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, 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 but but to, to you know, if if this was an opening weekend for the Suicide Squad in a healthier market, I think it easily would have brought in you know the 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 eighty to seventy five million dollars, probably. Probably more theaters open and stuff yeah. like that, but that's not the environment we're in. So, and, and I think studios are, are are coming along now, and they're kind of measuring success in different ways um, since they can't rely on box office. You know, like did 
Disney's, you know, relying on their on their premiere uh, on their premiere access on on Disney Plus, and other ones are relying on critical reviews. Was this critically well received? Yeah, it was. So maybe we might think about doing a sequel. They're, they're, they're kind of understanding that this entire year is going to be a wash, and I think a hundred percent after this, especially with the news story we did last week, where we talked about a DC exec saying that there's more projects in the pipeline for for James Gunn with the DC universe. Um, I think that that ultimately, you know kind of tells us that like th- they're getting a buzz out there that they are going to make a sequel and that sequel will come out sometime uh after guardians 3 which is coming out in 2023 i believe or 2022 uh which means you know in 2023 2024 look for a su- look for a the suicide squad sequel you, yeah i mean you can't put a number on it because this one is already according to uh according to our friends over at shake and not nerd they, they were calling it suicide squad uh <laughs> which is which is apt uh so so they would have to give it some some call and then uh, a subtitle after that, uh, you know, the Suicide Squad, you know, uh, murder, murder for hire. <laughs> I don't know. Sure, yeah, I, I don't expect that to be coming anytime as long, soon. As long as long as it's not the uh, what was it, the emancipation of uh, the, the fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. As long as it's not some ridiculously long title like that. But uh, so anyway, uh, so so we kind of talked about this 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 this, this pre this pre stuff pre release and stuff like that. I, I think DC did the best job that they could to get the marketing out on the movie um you know i watched it on hbo max because i have that option uh and i believe you went to the theaters to see it correct yep theaters and the next day i watched it on hbo again okay cool cool i watched it twice both on both on hbo max uh and as always jay i kind of wrote up a synopsis but this synopsis is a little different because it's going to kind of spoil my entire review, and that's fine. I'm really, yeah, I, I I understand that as far as like negatives go, as far as like really reviewing this movie goes, that's going to be you this time. I don't have a whole lot negative to say. So the Suicide Squad follows the titular team on a mission to DC Comics stand-in for Cuba, Corto Maltese, with some familiar faces and lots of new ones too. All that equals a Suicide Squad movie in which members of the squad will actually die. Which might seem unusual if you were solely going on the experience of the first film, where literally no one of importance died, making their actions mostly meaningless. But put that original film aside, as this somewhat sequel is nothing like its original. Sequels are meant to be bigger, bolder, and more bombastic than the original, but they rarely reach their mark. However, this isn't a sequel per se. It still has all those qualities a studio wants from a sequel and a much larger cast to boot. But unlike this film's 2016 counterpart, the characters and their actions make sense within the story we are being told. They are developed in a meaningful way that would often rather show you than tell you or just put words on the screen for you to read like the original chose to do for all of its character introductions. It's a comic book movie on its surface, but it's also a wonderfully nuanced black comedy with crazy amounts of action and violence that punches its story and gags to heights that no DC movie has previously reached critically. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to make the money, but critically critically it's gotten there um so that's that's kind of like that 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 kind of sums up i i I made a lot of comparisons to the 2016 because i don't think that you can review this movie and ignore that the 2016 movie happened much like dc may want you to do even though this is a reboot this this is a soft reboot soft reboot um however i did notice like throughout the story and we're not going to get into it here but I'll, i'll talk about it in spoilers but there are some things that that they don't exactly reference any single thing that happened in the other movie how but characters that were in the original movie are kind of 
changed as a result of that original movie. And I'll get into that a little bit in spoilers, but specifically I am talking about Harley Quinn and Rick Flagg. Um, they, I, I believe their characters in this movie, 100% dealt with what they dealt with in 2016 it's canon it's just not getting mentioned mm. uh yeah yeah like, I, I i hear you yeah i feel you on that so it's 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 very clear that everything that we know about harley quinn from the from, from suicide squad and from birds of prey uh probably still holds for that character i think dc would like a continuity to continue for that character and i think that you know it, it, also, it, it behooves I think Vi- them to and i think also that. viola viola davis's character i think amanda uh, Waller, you know, just gets even more cunning, you know? She's far more ruthless and yeah. far more cunning than she was yeah. in the original. And if you remember in the original, they all kind of just like flipped the bird to her and kind of went off and did their own thing. I don't think Amanda Waller, whose, you know, nickname in the comics is Amanda the Wall Waller. You know, you don't get the name like the Wall and be a, a tough, badass bitch like she is. And I don't say bitch derogatory here. She's, she's straight up like OG bitch. Like she is fucking amazing. I love Amanda Waller as a character. Character. I think she's a wonderfully nuanced foil for for everyone she deals with, whether it's Batman, whether it's the Suicide Squad. You know, I I love moments when she goes up against 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 men. Like that's always my favorite in the stories is when she puts little men in their place, like these little men that feel like they have they have big power and they have this that they have the upper hand. And she is just as just as smart and and tactical tacticianally minded as someone like Batman is, which is why she's such a wonderful foil to exist in the DC universe. And I love, I love Viola Davis's portrayal of it. Like she, as little time as she got in this movie, she fucking killed it. Every moment that she got in it, just like she did with the original one. I can't point to a scene in the original movie where I can say Viola Davis did anything wrong. Even if she was given shit to say, Mm -hmm. she turned that shit into that, that fucking chicken shit into fucking chicken salad. Uh, (laughs) That's how good Viola Davis is. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I got to say, so I was unfortunately, you know, running a bit late to get to the theater to see this movie. And I probably, uh, I'll just say a minor spoiler, but I kind of cut to, but people who saw it, I cut to when I got into the theater, a water death with a long okay, hair. So you missed literally this entire movie's opening sequence, exactly. which, which set the tone exactly. for this movie. Exactly. If the first one was PG-13 and that was your problem, guess what? This one, that, 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 that scene uh, on the Corto Maltese beach completely puts that to bed this is a rated r movie oh yeah no without a doubt but i think set the tone with its dark humor it set the tone with 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 so many other aspects of the movie moving forward that that entire scene existed for that now you did go back and see that scene so you you, kind of get what i'm saying correct and i do believe that well i'll get to that but i I'll, i'll just say you know it's not like i was in a bad state of mind or anything like that and i don't know if it's just the jarring uh introduction into this movie you know, once again, I'm not the biggest comic book nerd. Most of these people, I don't even know. There's not a lot of comic booky stuff. This doesn't well, throw a whole lot of heavy comic uh, book Easter eggs your way to well, make you all go these like characters. Maybe, well, I mean, all these random characters, you know, like DC, whatever the hell they are. I don't know. But all these different kind of players, 
that you see in the beginning of the movie, I don't know who they are. I just I know love them you for say players as if you walked into like the theater and were handed a playbill and took your seat in the balcony and got out your <laughs> your your little binoculars and put them up and are like, we're going to see a show. So you were expecting Oliver Twist or something? Like, were you expecting like like a Rodgers and Hammerstein? Like, what were you what were you expecting? Well, if they're not the- comic book characters, who are they? <laughs> but what were you expecting from James Gunn? Is what I'm saying. Like, like this, well, the, I'm not the, humor the biggest in this James is, Gunn guy, so that's the yeah. thing. It's it's it. The, the humor's not all that different from from other James I, Gunn I, outings, I, I, I like would, like Slither or, sure. or, or 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 like Brightburn. Uh, there there is a hyper violence to it and stuff like that. Uh, and and of course the humor it's it's there, but obviously but it's, always it's humor up. is subjective. I understand. And this is not your type of humor. Well, uh, let me say this: it, it it is one of those things where, like I said, in the second viewing. Um, Again, I'll get to it. So the first movie, essentially, I'll cut down to the boiling points of the fact that the comedy didn't hit, and the editing fell harsh, and I just didn't care about any of the characters besides like Ratcatcher and like a little bit of Polka Dot Man and and even oh, you mean the main and even King and even King Shark. Um, but Jay, didn't that really opening scene existed so that you could care about these characters because if well that, without spoiling yeah that, that but that opening scene existed because you sure. needed to care about sure. these characters and if we had all those other characters around we you wouldn't have had time to to get to know these characters. Um, it, it, I, it felt very cut like if it was just very abrupt it felt very forced and i just ultimately had moments there's a lot of moments i still had like a lot of moments that i thought shined yeah. but it was one of those things as a whole i could not get into the movie and i i originally graded it and i still stand behind it my first viewing was a c minus grade for this movie i think that's yeah i think that's terribly and low i, I, I think agree. you're being harsh I, I think you're being pretty harsh on the movie now uh it's a comic book movie and i think a lot of them have 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 this type of quick cuts and stuff like that you know well, there's I, I, I this isn't green night you know you're not getting it, the sweeping but it felt like know, it felt like fucking but it also felt like fast shots. and the furious type action sequences sometimes oh too. this is this, i think this set its action up far better than fast you and know? furious i think i think fast and furious is that's what is, it felt is, like too. It, it, you know fast and furious barely comes together in its editing room floor I, I feel like they just shoot stunt after stunt after stunt after stunt and they just cut shit together to see what works i think this was far far, far better planned out and, and and far better done um now you know, i i will say though my second viewing was much different <laughs> that's what i'm leading to okay i'm just cut to it it was a polar opposite of viewing experience i i don't know why but maybe because i just was prepared to give it another shot i initially just wanted to watch the opening that i missed and immediately i just fell into the movie so much better and i just got into the characters i got into the flow all the comedy started to hit the editing you know obviously there's still some things about it that i it was a little distracting i thought that was a little too much that's just not quite my taste but my grade and on top of that the movie sticks with you, and there's so many good scenes with these kind of quirky oh characters that there, there, there's my great grade in my mind great keeps wanting to too. go up. Like I, yeah. I initially said it was a B, now I'm saying B plus. And for Christ's sake, it could go, it can go up if I watch the movie right now. Who knows? Okay, question: Starfish slang for a butthole. <laughs> Do you think there's anything there? <laughs> and that like, whole scene is like perfectly silent you know like there's no background can we talk about john cena because while watching this movie my wife 
does not like John Cena as far as acting goes. There has not been a movie with John Cena where she's been like, that was pretty good. You know what I mean? There's He does go for broke for comedy, and I, I appreciate that. With this, I felt like, first off, seeing the guy that, that will tomorrow be at, at a children's hospital fucking signing autographs as his WWE counterpart, John Cena, and, and making 10 to 12 make-a-wishes come fucking true. Um, seeing that family-friendly guy, that guy that, that has been sold to us is so family-friendly, also fucking like whisper to, to Bloodsport, because it's fucking dope. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, watching him take an axe and repeatedly bludgeon a man with the sharp end of the axe just up and down that his body. That was awesome. <laughs> I like, love that. So he leaves it stuck into his chest. I love I'm that. I'm just like, this is the guy that just made a movie called Playing With Fire in which he adopts two children that were lost in a fucking, or three children that were lost in a fucking firestorm that he was sent out to fight. That family-friendly comedy that I didn't hate. I didn't love it. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't hate. That's the guy that's doing this. Not We've to mention never the seen- tidy whitey bulge. Not to mention the tiny <laughs> way. But, but, I mean, he, here's this guy that's like, he's never been sold to us like this before. And I, I am not sure if James Gunn did it or not. I, I, I got to give it to Gunn for this, to, to make this believable. Because originally, a little bit of, of, of I pre-Easter egg I, talk. I, I give it to Cena. I give it to Cena. I, th- I give it to Gunn for, for, for casting him. But I definitely believe that Cena did a phenomenal job with this role. Peacemaker was originally supposed to be Dave Batista Back when back when James Gunn yeah. reached out to, to Batista and asked him if he wanted a role in this when, when he was, you know, unfortunately fired which we already talked about when we talked about uh suicide squad the original uh 2016 uh, when, when he was fired he reached out he reached out to dave batista and said you want to come over here and you want to do this he already worked with warner brothers uh you know dave batista in in, in blade runner 2049 he, he he's with dune he has a contract with 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 warner brothers so it would have been an easy get but of course dave batista decided not to and uh also continuing with his warner brothers contract jumped on the the zack snyder army of the dead which at the time was being developed by warner brothers so uh he wanted to take a starring role rather than this side role and i gotta thank dave batista for not taking it i I don't think any of this it would have worked it wouldn't have worked with dave batista it would be too deadpan so well with with john cena and i gotta also gotta give it to idris abba idris abba is much like viola davis he's that more nuanced actor so the things that you're picking up for him are 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 very minor like one of the things that like really stood out to me there's a scene in a bar where he he has his he he has his english accent the entire time but he jumps up at one point and he puts on the world's worst american accent that an english man could muster and he says like he's like we're your american friends you know like kind of like in this really and we know that this dude can do an american accent because he was on the fucking wire doing an american uh, a baltimore accent flawlessly and then he's also been in the office doing an american accent uh no i'm sorry in the office he played he played a british guy um so but but he's been in things before where he's played um a a non-british guy and done it well he did almost like the southern draw type thing when he was in dark tower um he didn't have the the the, the english accent there Mm -hmm. so like it's this little nuanced thing where he jumps off and he he purposely puts on a fake American accent that sounds awful and sounds like someone's faking an American accent just for that one moment. And I, I got to think that that's, that's Idris Alba. That's not James Gunn. You know what I mean? James Gunn, I think James Gunn wrote a, a, a great script. Um, th- this film did a fantastic job of, of telling you what you needed to know 
in the most minute minor details possible but it still allows you to 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 fill that backstory or fill the holes in that character story based on that very small minute line it doesn't over explain itself and this movie would definitely rather show you than tell you um which is something that i always complain about with a lot of movies where it's like don't don't tell me this show me this you know don't 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 go into this don't don't go into this exposition dump and just and just dump all the information i want on me show me through the character show me through their actions show me through their their you know in these little moments Mm-hmm. more i think there's only one little moment that i think felt forced and uh it, it, it's between Bloodsport, sport and rat catcher uh too where where he's he kind of like tells her like you know i'll get you out of here alive i promise and it's just like it's this moment of like connection and and, and almost like a kinship between them because you know as as blood sport well, goes he's he, he has he a strained has a relationship and, right, yeah, he has a strained yeah. relationship with his daughter rat catcher two obviously you know by the name rat catcher two, issues, there, yeah. there was a rat catcher one uh, and it's her father and stuff so i understand based on based on the way stories are told that these two should you know try to fill those those holes those emotional holes with one another but it's such a throwaway like mo- not throwaway moment i i just don't think that that relationship between those two developed prior to that moment enough for that for that moment to happen and i think like as far as like this script goes and as far as like this this movie goes the story goes that's like one of the few flaws i can point to and say like maybe we could have uh developed that relationship just a little bit more just to make it more impactful at the end uh, when they're you know doing what they do for each other and stuff like that. Also, uh, uh, my, my other negative is the third act. The, uh, we're, we're having this this big showdown between between the Suicide Squad. It's not and even a so member. much the third act; it's the final act. It's the final act, right? It, but between the Suicide Squad and a member of their team, who I will remain unnamed because we're not in spoilers, uh, who has turned on them, and then that scene ends and. Then another uh, uh, another aspect an unresolved of the, script, of the story, an needs unresolved to get point of the story resolved. comes <laughs> c- comes back up, and and then now we're going to face that threat after immediately dealing with this threat that we've kind of dealt with for the past fifteen minutes. Now we have to go take. Now we have to spend another fifteen minutes taking care of this of this of this final threat, the final boss, <laughs> like a video game. And and to me, not that. Not that I didn't love everything that happened before that moment and loved everything that happened after it. I felt like just just the way the story beat went, it built me to a crescendo, brought me to the top, then dropped me back down, let me rest for only a few seconds, and then brought me, tried to ramp me right back up. It felt like we were at a natural point for it all to end at that point. And and to me, I was like, even though I'm loving my experience, I felt like it, it, it they should have found a way to marry those two, those two as those two subplots, those two aspects of the story, yeah. and put them together in a way so that it re- it continues ramping up, and then gives me gives me the fall, gives me the drop, and and brings me back down emotionally and stuff like that. I agree. To bring me it's, up, it's bring a me down, shift. bring yeah, bring me back up again. I'm just like, oh, well, all right. I mean, I've I've been I've been taking a ride with you so far, so I'm going to continue going with it. I'm still loving what you're doing. I'm still loving it. Those are like my 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 two negative things uh, that that I can really point to in this and say like those are the two things I didn't love. I don't think they really hurt my experience too much. I I I still I still had a fantastic time with it i just think that those two things um are, are 
we're, we're just I have to do negatives, right? We're doing a review. You have to do negatives. So uh, that's it. That's uh, that's all I got for negatives. Um, everything else in this movie, you know, I was just I was fucking on board with it. Who's Milton? <laughs> that was a surprising gag. It was such that a fun work. Such a pretty damn well. It's such a James Gunn like type thing too. Like because like even at the know, end when Harley even says it like very, like really far removed. When she calls Bloodsport, she calls Bloodsport Milton. <laughs> That's not oh my, my name. Like, and it's one of those things because, like, it, even though it's like we were just talking we, about, it, it just goes to show it's another callback of how mentally fucked up she is. No, no, not even that. It's a callback to the fact that these two practically haven't even interacted with each other throughout the entire movie. Well, she only too. gets introduced to Bloodsport when they're doing that that half-assed rescue of her, and he's hanging from the ceiling, and 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 you know, Rick Flag kind of tells her like, "Oh, this is Bloodsport," and he goes, "Hi, nice to meet you." And like, that's really the only interaction the two characters have. So towards the end, when she when she calls him Milton, it's like that's a nice touch. Because if if she hugged him or we had this big emotional you know, like revelation between the two, I would have been like, no, wait, that's that doesn't work. These two characters have barely interacted throughout this entire movie. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So you're right. It's 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 a credit to the writing again. Like there's so many things that I'll point to uh, when we do spoilers uh, coming up that uh, is just a credit to the writing. But Jay, you already gave your score. You're all the way up to a B plus now. Yep. Yep. I'm at an A minus, which I think is 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 a fantastic score for this. I think, uh, you know, I it far exceeded my expectations, and I do for sure. I yeah, and I do it's DC. also. I expected say, them to fuck it up somewhere. I expected right. them to fuck it up somewhere, but they did something so different this time that they haven't done previous in the past. They got James Gunn. They knew they had a dude who has made so many hits over on the other side of of the superhero coin that they were just like. Nah, man, just we love the shit you do. Just, just do you. Yeah, just but do also, you. you know, one of those and things where I do believe that this is going to probably um, improve on rewatchability, and there's enough really memorable characters, and and you know, that's going to really help a lot of these small actors' careers. I think take off for as sure. Well. I mean, Ratcatcher, sure. brand new, fresh faced girl. I mean, she stole the movie practically in she the most cool way, and she she was, she was fantastic. Had a lot of great moments, and um, and, um, and and also Pokemon Man from- was a surprise, one of the most right. surprising characters that was able to somehow work in not just a movie but a live action movie and and have some kind of fleshed out uh, emotion to it. And David Desmachian, uh so like he he's previously a guy that's like he's always a background guy or or you know he's there for like a, a quick quip or something like that in yeah. movies. He's he never really has like a starring role or anything like that. He is great in this. He is absolutely great. And one of, one of my favorite things is like, you know, I was watching like a lot of like the 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 uh the, the hype videos and stuff like that when they're doing interviews. Uh apparently like on set, he is the resident like comic book nerd and he especially focuses on DC. So, uh, a lot of times he actually found himself correcting James Gunn on a lot of aspects <laughs> of not just his character, other people's character. He's a true fan on top of that, which I which I absolutely loved. But I mean, yeah, I mean the the characters that they chose to focus on in this were fantastic and i don't want to take anything away from 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 joel kinnon or anything like that 
and say that Joel Kinnan was bad in this movie. He wasn't. Joel Kinnan was great. He 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 was he was very good at very very Rock very solid. muted jokes. Yeah. yeah. But if you want to see Joel Kinnan acting the shit out of something or or just being fucking fantastic, then go watch For All Mankind on on Apple on, on Apple TV Plus because For All Mankind is just fucking phenomenal and he is fucking phenomenal in it. Uh, he's great here. He's good here. Uh, but he's phenomenal and for all mankind. But yeah, so Jay, I'm at an A minus. You're at a B plus. Sounds like we're we're pretty simpatico, at least as far as our our grades go. Uh, Jay, let's head over. Let's get into some spoilers. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. All right. So spoilers. Just right off the bat. The, the scene that Jay missed in the movie, which I feel like I think that you didn't like the movie the first time around as much as you did the second time because you missed this opening. And this I, I kind of feel like that's very true. This opening literally set the tone for the entire movie, as I said mm-hmm. in our main review, because we're introduced to so many characters and they all walk on this beach and they all fucking die including a suicide squad alum uh you know captain boomerang to to the point where harley quinn like shouts out boomer (laughs) (laughs) and it's like do you really care you know she doesn't care (laughs) uh and all of them fucking die uh and of course pete davidson who who plays uh blackguard here uh he turns on them all and kind of like tells them like they're all over here we're all on the beach and then he gets his face blown off and 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 the whole shit show just starts from there mm-hmm. and the and the tone that, that it's trying to set is a the first one was pg-13 this one's r secondly the first one barely killed any suicide squad members this time we're killing all of them well but <laughs> also i thought what, what i get, i really give gun a lot of credit for is killing off the right kind of characters to make sure that we're staying on our toes and well, and, well, and one just of the being, things that got me was like Killing Boomerang was essentially perfect example. Perfect example. That is essentially killing the first movie. Right. That's that's what you did. That that's what he did. He set a tone by killing the first movie. A a, a kind of a fan favorite. People expected to see him in this movie more. I don't know about a fan favorite. A lot of people complain about Jai Courtney, and I think killing him off and just taking him out of the equation was probably the same thing to do. Um, But even just like Nathan Fillion, for example, you know, the stupidest character probably. Well, maybe not the stupidest, but one of the I dumbest mean, ones. That's um, James Gunn giving his buddy a job, right? Like, I mean, yeah. not, not just giving his it buddy a silly. job. It was silly. But, but, but they're friends, you know. Uh, uh, what's it? Nathan Fillion was in his movie Slither. Uh, Nathan Fillion's a good friend of his. Uh, and there's even a callback to Slither because uh, Nathan Fillion, who plays TDK, uh, which one of the jokes I love, and it's like, your name is just letters? And it's Captain Boomerang. <laughs> All names and letters, you fucking dick. <laughs> Terrible Australian accent. I apologize, duty. But uh, the fact that that he is drinking, TDK's drinking Mr. Pibb is literally <laughs> an exact callback to a scene that is in uh, that that is in Slither. And you know, fuck it, I'll just play the scene because I fucking love it. Where is the Mr. Pibb? I told your secretary to pack Mr. Pibb. It's the only Coke I like. Goddamn Brenda's floating like a water balloon. Worms driving my friends around like they're goddamn skin cars. People are spitting acid at me, turning you into cottage cheese, and now there's no fucking goddamn Mr. Pimp. Jesus Christ, Jack, let me get right on it. So, I mean, like, there's there's little things in there, but, like, the Easter eggs that we get 
um, aren't like so deep DC Easter eggs that like you need to be the biggest comic book nerd to pick them up. There, it's a lot of it is just like these these very little things. Like first off, Corto Maltese. I think we talked about it when we did the trailer breakdown. That's an 89 Batman. Uh, it's mentioned there. It, it first made its appearance in Frank Miller's um, uh, the, the Dark Knight Returns and stuff like that. So it's it's been around the DC universe for, for a long time. Uh, so, I mean, that's that, that, that's not really like an Easter egg. But, you know, just, just going through it, uh, some of the other things that, like, I noticed was um, uh, Lloyd Kaufman is in the strip club. And Lloyd Kaufman is pretty much James Gunn's. First off, he's he's, he's the guy that started Troma Studios. First off, hmm. um, so Toxic Avenger, you have Lloyd Kaufman to thank for that. Uh, but James Gunn's first movie was Tromeo and Juliet under under Lloyd Kaufman uh, at Troma Studios. So this is a guy who literally fostered the career of this huge big name director now. Uh, so Lloyd Kaufman gets gets a little cameo in there, which I I thought was which I thought was fantastic, which I thought was great. Um, but there's a lot of callbacks to like the original Suicide Squad, and 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 not like overt ones either. So like they kind of mentioned that they thought that Harley was free, which kind of takes us back to to Birds of Prey uh, as she's getting on the plane, and she she mentions she without going into a backstory like the original one did or showing us a flashback, she literally mentions that oh I. You know, I got arrested for reckless driving in a bank. <laughs> so first off, it immediately goes, that sounds like a Harley Quinn thing. Also, uh, I would like to see that, but also how, and also it doesn't matter. It That is just enough information that I need. That's that that's the right amount of information it, it's 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 a line that's thrown away but it gave me just the right amount of information on it um uh, and then like later on if you're wondering like you know where she been like after birds of prey she mentions that the joker stabbed her dogs which is previously something that hasn't happened which means after birds of prey like most abused people do she returned to her abuser she returned to the joker who promptly stabbed her dogs which i assume one of them may have been a hyena i don't know uh and 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 that's why she kills the el presidente because she she told herself after that incident that she Any would more red flag she's gonna any, kill the guy she's gonna fucking kill him and, and 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 that right there is is literally using previous incarnations of harley quinn played by margot robbie to build upon this character that they didn't need to spend too much time building this character up at all we know we we know Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn, and 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 we kind of get what it's all about, and she played it to perfection here, like uh, like even even the fight scene uh, in in the Capitol where, that that she has where she's fighting all the Corto Maltese soldiers uh, during her escape that is very reminiscent of the Birds of Prey fight. There's you know there's it, it's very colorful, it's very animated, m- much like m- m- everything that goes on in her mind is in Birds of Prey. Uh, there's like explosions of color and birds flying out all around her. Uh, so uh, all that stuff that I was I was like it it's taking what we know about the character and it's just putting her in this story in a very natural way um like the 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 fact that like first off the fact that harley quinn and rick flag are even on team a which is the one that gets killed on the beach Mm -hmm. in the beginning already tells us what we need to know about what amanda waller's plans are uh rick flag uh stood up to amanda waller in the first movie and and kind of gave her the middle finger and continued on with the mission with the suicide squad even after her direct orders he so this time around he's on squad a squad a was the distraction everyone on squad a was very much more expendable than everyone on squad b so even though blackguard did sell them out 
it doesn't really matter because Squad A's entire role was to keep the Corto Maltese army, like the the entire military division of Corto Maltese, busy while Squad B went in to infiltrate. The thing that they were going after was to destroy the data that the entire Project Starfish is being funded by America and, and has American origin. Amanda Waller's so smart, like we said before, she's such a wonderful foil for characters that she would have no she knows that he that Rick Flagg would not be on board with 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 destroying that information. He would one hundred percent want to get it out there. So he's on her shit list for the twenty sixteen Suicide Squad and for the fact that he wouldn't be okay with this mission. He's like Captain America in in, in the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. You need a black widow. You need someone who's willing to to go there and the mission parameters he didn't have them all so much so that he didn't he makes a line i don't know i didn't select the team because (laughs) weasel falls into the water and immediately starts drowning that was funny (laughs) and harley quinn's just like what the hell is going on like like he's like i don't know i didn't pick the team so amanda waller gave him a suicide squad and a literal suicide squad and gave him zero information on them, which is yeah. complete opposite of what she did in the first one where he was there handpicking yeah. them all yeah. along with her. So I think that's in direct response to A, the original Suicide Squad, and B, that he wouldn't be on board for this mission. So him and Harley Quinn are both on the literal Suicide Squad, the, the squad that was meant to die. So that B squad could go to the, to, to the, uh, to, to the location, yep. get the data, get the fuck out. And that's that's the type of stuff that like I'm picking up while watching this, and it, but it's not being expressly told to me. It's being shown to me in just the right amount of way. Yeah, I I hear you. I agree. And it, and little stuff like that makes me even more impressed with with uh, guns directing, you know, and yeah. choices and stuff like that. And of course, like they they did this fantastic thing throughout the movie of setting Peacemaker up against Bloodsport, right? Yeah, because very good job like, of that. Like what's what what's Bloodsport's power? Ah, he's he's really good at at shooting, and he's just kind of like a military guy. Cool. What's a Peacemaker's thing? He's really good at shooting and just all around military guy. So he's the same thing. <laughs> like they immediately set him up at, to be opposed to each other because they are the same thing. <laughs> so you immediately want to see those two against each other because just from the beginning, because they essentially are there for the same exact reason. Why do you need two people of, of, of the same cause? Because one of them is meant to get the mission done while the other one's meant to die. Uh, but also, yeah. Uh, if you wonder if Rick Flagg was supposed to die on Team A, why in the hell would they send the Suicide Squad out to even rescue Rick Flagg in the first place? It's easy. He has an emotional tie to Dubois, to, to Bloodsport. Uh, therefore, Rick Flagg would be needed to develop Dubois' character further, even for Amanda Waller's purposes, uh, because Rick Flagg, you know, is a leader, natural leader, and natural leaders inspire. So rescuing Rick Flag was important for them to do because a Rick Flag's an asset, an asset for getting this mission done. Not to mention Waller has a plan B, which is Peacemaker, who will ultimately take out Rick Flag should he not go along with the plan. Which is just it just goes to show you how deep Amanda Waller goes into her planning. She's got contingencies on top of contingencies on top of contingencies. So that's that that type of stuff is is where like after I after I watched this movie twice, I went like, this is I don't want to say brilliant writing, but this is this is good writing at its finest. And fully understanding what you're doing within this world. And I think 
that was one of the things that I previously had high hopes for was the fact that he wanted to do this movie. This was a big undertaking, and he knows how to handle ensemble pretty well. And he, well, he wanted to be let off his leash a little bit, right? Like, well, he I mean, purposefully wanted to do a very, very large ensemble, the Suicide Squad, and completely use random characters to play with and and mold and bend and and and, and well, exfoliate I mean, like, to the point where you have stars. I mean, you have Jake, people like new we, favorites that were complete nobodies or laughing stocks for sure. that world. But like know? we said when we when, when we did our, our brief review on on uh, 2016 Suicide Squad, you know, when James Gunn was brought in by Warner Brothers, um, he was asked, you know, to to direct a Superman movie and he smartly you know to them said like no that's not me and they said well what do you want to what do you want to do and he goes i want to take a crack at suicide squad hmm. and he, he since he was given such carte blanche he was like also i want to make it rated r i want to fix the problems that you did before while creating something so wholly and completely new and different that you will forget about the 2016 suicide squad and largely i do <laughs> i could care less about what happened in that movie as a result of james gunn before then, it's sure. a stain. It's 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 a dirty taste in your mouth. <laughs> I spit it out. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But but when I when 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 you add the word the in front of it and James Gunn's a name attached to it, I just went like, okay, all right. Now now I get it. You know now I get it. I I, I get why this guy is given such a long leash. And I think after this, after the critical reception of this, I gotta think like, I gotta think like Disney gives him a little bit of longer of a leash as well, right? Yeah, I think they already know. I think they. I think they already knew with Guardians of the Galaxy. I think as long as he stayed in the PG thirteen realm, this dude so. could get away I mean, with it's, anything. It's been done filming though, but um, I think he already had it. Yeah, he was going to have yeah. it. So, uh, I, 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 there's there's a ton of other things like I could sit here and break down. About, oh, the like, transition stuff I thought was really creative. Uh, what do you think of all the script stuff, like the chapters and everything like that, or like messages? Fine. You know, yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fitting for the movie. And it kind of reminded me of Wes Anderson because Wes Anderson does stuff like that. Sometimes, so, but. scale of one to ten, how surprised were you at the deaths that we got? And I'm not talking about all the deaths on the beach because everyone on the beach died. Like, so I, not I counting love when, the beginning, not counting the not, beginning, not counting the beginning. Like, I, I love how TDK's uh, uh, arms pop off and he's slapping people with his arms, <laughs> and it's like what a pointless power. And then they start shooting his arms, and he falls on the ground screaming. Ah! Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Everyone dies, and we're also introduced to uh, we're also introduced to uh, Michael Rooker's character of Savant, Savant, who who you think is like, oh man, this guy must be important because we're starting a movie that, with him and I, stuff exactly. like that. Exactly, I think that's my point. Like, I, I what really a wonderful that. what yeah. a wonderful cold open, essentially, like to to, to like to, to just introduce you to this world again, essentially. Except we're doing it right this time. It's like, did you like this person? And Javelin like literally did nothing. Except hand, hand, hand the hand the javelin, a javelin off to the Haley Quinn. You're uh, meant to uh, have this Harley Quinn and because that was and he dies and yeah. she's like because what <laughs> because what because what she starts like slapping him. him and her whole motivation for like just liking him was so the fact good. that like he's cute and he has an accent and it's like that's that's very Harley Quinn of you but also she didn't really give a flying fuck about him because even when he's dead she's willing to slap his body she's not sad about it she just wasn't why the fuck she was given this thing and of course we find out why she was given that thing it's to jump really far probably more probably further than any human is 
capable of jumping, but she did it. And then she stabs Starro in the eye, and I fucking, I fucking love that. I love the way, you know, Ratcatcher the entire time throughout the entire movie. What a pointless fucking power. It seems completely pointless, especially when there's a gun pointed at her face by Peacemaker. Yeah. And I, I heard a few people in their reviews just like, why didn't she call the rats in then to take out Peacemaker? And if you think back to the scene when she was almost eaten by King Shark, did she choose violence against King Shark? No. She used she 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 literally used diplomacy with him. Yeah. She became his friend so that he wouldn't eat her anymore. I mean, not, ultimately she's not like she's she not a violent is, character. She is she is the odd one out in this group. For she's, sure. She's not for sure. uh, she's not Which a, a I think villain, is you know? why it makes sense for Idris Alba's character, who's this ultimate bad guy and I love his, you know, his throwaway like why is he locked up? Cuz he put Superman in the ICU at a kryptonite bullet and it's like that's all I need to know. <laughs> That's all I need to know. But we know that he's this ultimate bad guy, and we know he's a piece of shit because he has a meeting with his daughter where he treats her like shit. He does nothing to to uh, to dissuade her from a life of crime. He, in fact, he tells her that she's stupid for getting caught. Next time, get a uh, (laughs) you know. Next time, get 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 someone to watch your back. Get a get get a lookout. You know, and that's it. Like that's his advice to his daughter. It's terrible advice, and she calls him out on it. Um, So he obviously, you know, because this rat catcher is kind of the innocent in the bunch mm-hmm. he takes her like it's he feels like it's it's his duty to kind of like get her out at, at least i got to get her out yeah yeah and uh, uh you know earning its name with suicide squad uh i i started this diatribe right here asking you jay what were the deaths that surprised you the most so what were they um, I, I thought it was fitting and I thought it was funny and good closure for Polka Dot Man's death. And um, ultimately, it was nice. I, I got to say, you was felt not bad for Polka Dot Man, right? Like, I, think, I think we did. all have. You, you had a lot of empathy for him because you understood. You did. Uh, you know, and one of the his, little touches trauma that, I, that, he's that I liked was um, we know that he sees his mother on everyone's face, which is why it's so easy for him to kill people. But one of the funny one of the funniest things that, that I loved was while they were all in the strip club, just kind of like bonding over drinks, much like the Guardians did, much like the previous Suicide oh Squad did. Oh, my God. While he's dancing. It was funny and creepy at the shit. same time. <laughs> he's going apeshit in there. The first time I watched it, I didn't notice it because I was too busy watching the main character who's in the center of the screen. He's the focal point. Second time I watched it, I went, oh, my God, all the women he's grinding up against are his mother <laughs> which is great because you know we, we which is why we get a little blip of what his mother looks like before uh-huh. uh also the uh the stripper that that does the go-go dance and does the song and dance in the beginning is the same actress who plays mantis in guardians of the galaxy so another cameo for you there also sean gunn uh cameos in the beginning when he makes fun of uh when when he makes fun of uh polka dot man uh is playing calendar man who is a uh who's a batman villain who was in the movie that uh you know in our previous episode when i talked about uh what i was watching when i talked about the uh long halloween calendar man shows up in that very different type of portrayal for him but still very funny <laughs> still very funny and uh, uh, but yeah i Polka do have a, I dying do have, was a surprise because they spent so much time developing it. well and really quick i do have a fun fact too the it guy the bearded white guy you know stocky kind of looking guy um you know with waller yeah yeah he actually did the motion capture work for king king shark 
Oh, did he? All yeah. right, that's fun. Yeah. Obviously, getting uh, getting Sylvester Stallone and like the way Sylvester Stallone was hired is fucking hilarious. So Sylvester Stallone was called up by James Gunn. Obviously, he worked with him in in Guardians of the Galaxy two, and he asked him if he would like to do a role in the Suicide Squad, and you know, in, in true Stallone fashion, what you have in mind. So and James Gunn's just like, I want you to be a shark, a giant shark man thing. Um, but you're not going to play him. I just want you to do the voice. It's going to be very easy for you to do. Uh, I'll do anything for you, brother. <laughs> Which is like his literal smile. Anything for you, brother. <laughs> and, 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 and that's how Special Stallone was hired. A phone call by James Gunn himself. <laughs> that's hey. how much power this guy, this guy has garnered. Everyone who works with him loves him. Everyone who, who well who, that and you can't go wrong with a little voice role. I mean, and come to on. think, to think he was one year out from cancel culture and was almost canceled permanently. Mm, I know it's amazing. I know it's amazing for a joke that. Did you really think the guy that used to work for Troma and make Troma films, who's also friends with the dudes who who make this, who make South Park, isn't going to make a controversial joke every fucking now and then? Like Jesus Christ, uh, I I talked about it a little bit, but he was targeted by the right wing agenda, uh, purposefully to to take down members of Hollywood and stuff like that. It was a whole thing going on at the time. Uh, Fox News, you know, let's not go down that, that rabbit shit. hole. I know. It's it's a terrible rabbit hole to go down, but uh, anyway, like it, it's amazing well, that like I, I this movie almost didn't happen because of cancel culture, or you know, somewhere around two years ago. Yeah, and I think ultimately the biggest shock of all was obviously Colonel Rick Flag. Rick Flag going down, man, and confirming it by showing the by piece going to the heart. It's almost so like I swear to no, you. Yeah, exactly. There's like no question about it. He's done. I swear, James Gunn was watching dailies, right? And he's just like, wait a minute, superhero logic, superhero movie logic. If someone's stabbed anywhere in the chest, if anyone's stabbed anywhere that isn't the head, right? If a bullet doesn't go through a head or an axe doesn't go through a head or no damage is done to a head, then you assume that a, that a character to come back. I want to make sure that everybody knows the stakes at Vol- involved here, that Rick Flag is not coming back. How do we do that? Well, yeah. Mortal Kombat does this really cool thing where they do an x-ray of the people and they show you the damage that's being done. Maybe we can just pull in on x-ray of a piece of porcelain stabbing right into the heart of Rick, right into the heart of Rick Flag. Awesome. Let's do that. <laughs> even Peace. even Weasel survived. <laughs> uh, but I love I, I love his I love his final line, Peacemaker. What a joke. <laughs> he just falls down. And it's like this, this this very like almost like watchman type moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like where the comedian's like not a comedian at all, right? He's very dark and stuff like that. It's a very like dark joke at, at a moment where he's dying. And it's like, I, I get it, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved Peacemaker throughout the movie. You know, if if I <laughs> if I had to lick every dick on this on this island for liberty, I would do it. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, love th- the I think I think what's so great was like he didn't crack throughout the whole no. movie whatsoever. No. And you understand, like I bought it. That scene when he's fighting him is like, look, brother, you know, you're a hero. I, I don't want to be doing this. Like, you know, don't don't make me do this to you. And Yeah, no, I you're you right. Know, he I didn't did, want did to kill him, it. but he was going to kill him because that's his beliefs. He but believes at any cost. And he would kill women and I children. Would, I would kill peace. every man, exactly. woman, and child for peace. Exactly, you know? and that's for his, peace to that's exist. His Bible. So, right. 
He's he's he is exactly as he was sold in the comic books and as James Gunn sold him. He is the anti Captain America. Mm-hmm. He is the exact opposite, the nega version. And um, you know, one of the things I I, I do want to touch on a little, just just a very minor bit is. A lot of people are touting this movie, holding it up in the air and saying like it's so subversive to to superhero uh, media that we've gotten in the past that it's it, it's kind of it, it's kind of amazing and it stands on a pedestal for that reason. And I I think that that's disingenuous to say. I think that this uh, is an amalgam of that type of culture that has been around since the early 90s when Image Comics started. So then the reason I want to do this is because I want to give credit when credit's due. This is not the first subversive comic book movie that's gone hyper-violent uh, to to uh, also punch up its jokes and also make its point uh, about poking fun at, at the superhero Yeah, but they genre, also right? did a good job with the death scenes showing they, that it is in did. a comical no, no. way. It's not exactly, gory. Exactly. I mean, it's gory, but, but it's not like a um, realistic kind of gory. That's been going on since the hyper-violence of Spawn when Image Comics started, you know, Savage Dragon, uh, The Tick, uh, and even modernly, like, it's going on right now in Invincible, uh, in the, both the comic book and and the television series and the soon-to-come movie, and also in a show that me and Jay have reviewed and both absolutely love, The Boys. So this type of subversive, and those are just examples. There's many other examples out there. But like it, you know, James Gunn is not, he's the most recent to do it and probably the most prominent to do it right now, but he's not the only one out there doing it doing it so there is he just has the most experience doing it that's That's what i'm saying he and the most exposure sure but that goes into what me and jay were talking about last week when we did a news story where he's doing a lot of these interviews where he's talking about he's tired of the of the superhero genre he's tired of the superhero culture and all that stuff and and, and he kind of wants to it's all because this movie is so very much a polar opposite to those things of the the run of the mill of the run of the mill exactly exactly which we me and you both called out as marketing and a hundred percent is marketing it's not bad marketing it's good marketing that's great hell yeah that 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 is how your director should be should be uh selling this movie i wish i had more time to get into like easter eggs because i i literally have a list and i looked at the time and i was like no thank you we can't do a a a 90 minute review for this movie there's just there's so much to get to i think the people who watch that know how great it is um and and if they if they have any more questions or want to discuss it and don't torture me more about easter eggs <laughs> they know where to reach us yes oh by the way uh I, I did forget this i did forget this so weasel did live so presumably he's off to kill 27 more children mm. which is a line i love when when rick flag is just like he's harmless well mostly he killed 27 children or something like that <laughs> and then pete davidson's like what is this like like a dog is this supposed to be like oh my god is this a fucking werewolf <laughs> freaking out i still just love it with him licking the glass like i just love that scene like just the motion and of course sean gunn just like he did for rocket did all did all the motion capture for that character and then uh i, I forgot to follow up with the fact that peacemaker even though they set up the entire thing where he uses exploding compression rounds and no one cares about your shit and he's like unless the shit you're showing off is fucking dope <laughs> Bloodsport, damn it he's right <laughs> uh, that was good Bloodsport uses a smaller bullet to shoot through his bullet to kill him which i would normally say that's that that that's awfully serendipitous that it happened that way except the fact that that scene happened before that and he knew that it was a, a compression round which meant that a smaller bullet would go through it and i was like that's a great way to write yourself out of a 
piece of shit moment and mm-hmm. turn it into a piece of gold. Fucking King Midas Touch you got there, James Gunn. Uh, but Peacemaker, even though he, he he met his demise in the main movie in the post credit scene, he is alive and we will be getting an HBO Max series, which I believe has already started or wrapped up production. Peacemaker, six episodes for the first season. Um, and the the it was essentially the people that turned on Amanda Waller and beat her over the head with a fucking golf club. <laughs> As their punishment, they now have to deal with John Cena's peacemaker and send him on his own miss uh, on his own missions. I assume he'll be working for Checkmate, which is uh, uh, an offshoot of of Task Force X of the Suicide Squad, which is actually the books that that the peacemaker originally uh, premiered in. So, I mean, I look. There's a fucking metric fuck ton of things about this movie that I would love to break down, discuss in more detail. Uh, I was doing it with duty just before we re recorded. So, like, we. We, we have the hotline ask us a question about our thoughts on something from this movie by by reaching out to us on that hotline and the hotline number is 267-590-9042 just leave us a voicemail ask us a question me and jay will answer it on the very next episode you can also send us an email to supermoviebrospodcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on our social medias i am on twitter at Super Movie Pod, and true to my word, I've been more active over over there. And then I am also on Instagram, SMB Dave over there. Jay, where can people find you? Well, you can reach me on Twitter as well, J underscore SMB, Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast, and Instagram, Super Movie Bros. And Jay has his own porn Tumblr now. Uh, for more on that story, you'll have to check out our Patreon. So yes. to get access to our Patreon episodes, head over to <laughs> patreon.com slash Bros podcast. There you can catch all of our pre-roll conversations that we have. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this one's an interesting one. Man, I uh, got to yeah. tell you, I don't, I, I don't often like tell you how great our patreon episodes are this one is truly a peek (laughs) behind the curtain and pay no attention to the man behind the curtain please in this case if you see his pictures online don't look at them you're only funding a madman (laughs) (laughs) and as i maniacally laugh thus making myself the madman not true not true Mm. Uh, but uh no i mean our patreon uh, this 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 specific patreon episode is just so fucking it's it's a big one (laughs) it is it is and of course we are part of a network we were part of the uh we were part of the age of radio podcasting network so head over to age of radio.org uh there you can uh go to the shows click on our show you'll find a media player that has all the available super movie bros there for you to listen to you can binge super movie bros or you can check out all the rest of the shows that are part of the age of radio podcasting network so i want to thank all of you for listening have a great one cheers cheers
Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now